I want to introduce um, our guest speaker today. We're really honored and blessed to have with us Apostle Pastor Tim Sheets. Tim Sheets is the founder of Awakening Now Prayer Network and travels throughout uh, a 10-state region holding prayer assemblies and establishing a 24-7 prayer in local churches. He's also the pastor of Oasis Church in Middletown, Ohio. Is in the, and he's in his 38th year, I learned, here in, in, in ministry there. Uh, Dr. Sheets resides with his wife, Carol, in Lebanon, Ohio. They have two children, Rachel and Joshua, and six grandkids. Will you give a warm welcome to Pastor Tim Sheets? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Wow. It's so good to be with you. June 20, I was at Christian International in Florida. That's where Dr. Bill Hammond, uh, that's his headquarters. I had just finished speaking on the Standing King, a message that I have preached uh, uh, for the Appeal to Heaven Conference for Dutch in many states. And uh, uh, I preached that sermon, and I'd gone back to the motel, and I went to sleep. And I was awakened in the middle of the night as Holy Spirit said, you're now entering into a fullness of time. A fresh new Pentecost will now be poured out upon my church, and everything in my kingdom is going to now accelerate. We're in a time when everything accelerates, Holy Spirit said. And I'm starting to see that everywhere I go. I, I, I'm seeing here in Alaska, there's an acceleration of promises that God has made to you. Acceleration anointing upon strategies that he has, that he has made uh, to you and given to you. And in my own life, I'm seeing an acceleration after 38 years of being in one church. I mean, one place. I went there with eight people in a small little house. 38 years ago, so you can say, well, I don't know if he's smart or not, but he did it anyway. Didn't, uh, but uh, I'm seeing an acceleration into what God is doing. Uh, the Lord spoke to us about eight years ago, and he said, I want you to go to all the counties in Ohio, hold prayer assemblies there, and make 50 decrees or so in those counties and activate things to another level. So I, I got a bus, I take the whole praise team with me, I, I got an apostolic council, and we go to those counties and we make uh, decrees over it uh, for awakening and reformation and, and an alignment in those counties. Also, uh, Chuck Pierce had prophesied that we were to build a firewall around the state. You ever have a prophet to tell you something like that? I'm like, you built a firewall around this state. How am I going to do that? I don't know what that's about. Build a firewall. I'm like, I don't know how to build a firewall around this state. I'm thinking, well, it's got to be prayer. So what we did, uh, we got this little, little torches. And the idea was uh, a, a church will take this torch, and for one week he, they pray 24-7. That whole week, they schedule people, even in the middle of the night, somebody there praying every hour through the night for one week, and then they pass the torch on to the next church, and uh, then it's their turn. Somebody would like leave here today, take it to the next church before their service is over. It's now their turn. And so I got a torch, and I we prayed at the Oasis, and I passed it on, and it wasn't a month or so, and 
it was all scheduled up. So I got another torch, and it got all scheduled up, and then another torch, and then another torch, until we now have 16 torches that are going all around the state of Ohio, but also they've begun now in Indiana and in uh, Michigan and in West Virginia and in uh, North Carolina. And we now have had over 600 churches that have taken one of our torches to pray for awakening and reformation for revival. Well, it took me eight years to get 600 churches. Um, well, it was time a month or so ago was Azusa Now in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Lou Engel was having a big call rally there where the Cavaliers play. LeBron James is there and all that. So we got a big crowd. We got we got 18,000 intercessors, warriors, churches, prayer groups. And Lou finds out about the torches and he says, let's see how many we can get to take a torch and we'll just spread it all over everywhere, even other countries. I said, okay. So we went to Cleveland and I presented just a simple thing, just like I just shared about it. And I said, now we got torches up in this section and you can come up and get one and, uh, and then pass it on to the next and pass it on. Let's get prayer lines going everywhere. And in 20 minutes, a little over 20 minutes time, we went from 600 churches, that took me eight years, we went in 20 minutes' time to 4,850. Now, that's churches, not people praying. That's churches. That's a lot of people praying. In other words, there's an acceleration. What, what took eight years, in 20 minutes, the anointing of the Holy Ghost came, and, and it all accelerated to another level. Holy Spirit, when he began to speak to me about angel armies a decade or so ago, and I'm sorry we are completely out of the books. I think there's some Planning Heaven books left. Both of them are bestsellers. Um, that one's only been out a month. It became a, a bestseller now also, and uh, praise God for that. But we sold out of just about everything. There's just a couple of things left. All the series teachings gone. But thank God... Uh, for that you go online and buy it or go wherever but holy spirit spoke to me and he said i want you to understand and learn angel armies because i'm going to bring them with me i've been a, a the 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 king has assigned me to another campaign on earth similar to pentecost in acts chapter 2 i'm now coming to supervise it only this time I'm going to be bringing far more of the angel armies. And then he said this, the greatest days in church history are not in your past. They are in your present and in your future. That is true for this house. Your greatest days aren't in your past. They're in your present and in your future. That's true for Anchorage. Your greatest days are not in the past. They're in your present and they're in your future. During the conference, and while I've been here, prophetic understanding is, has been coming for Anchorage and for this region. Hear the word of the Lord. My reigning church will now rise to rule as intended, says the Lord. My ecclesia will now step forward and lead culture-changing reforms. Like Ruth, she will now own where she once gleaned. 
That's for some of you. You're going to own where you once gleaned. I've set a deadline to the gleaning. I am ending a hope deferred season. I'm ending the taskmaster's rule. You're now shift into my promised provision and my promised destiny. Domination through fear, intimidation, and overreaching laws. Meant to oppress and muzzle the voice of my people will now be answered and be reversed by my dominators who will become my terminators. Their bold authoritative decrees will release power from my kingdom to terminate hell's consequences in your territory. They will speak with heaven's authority and terminate the dark strategies of your adversaries. They will terminate the plans of satanic princes with superior wisdom and with counsel from the Holy Spirit. Great apostolic and prophetic boldness will now be seen and revealed among you. And unflinching warriors are now being mantled in your midst. Mighty remnant warriors have been groomed and fitted with armor, says the Lord. And they are volunteering willingly in this, the day of my power. Indeed, my champions are pawing the earth as war horses in anticipation of battle. They are thirsty to take back by superior force what has been stolen from their heritage. I will answer hell's challenge. I will answer the world's mocking. A new breed of eager, ready champions are hearing the sound of marching. And the battle will now be engaged, says the Lord. And victories are being pre-proclaimed. Dominators are running to the battle lines. Liberators are running to the battle lines. Terminators are running to the battle lines. Aggressive, Christ-like ones are hearing the call of their king. And a glorious, a glorious, uncompromising army will now begin to move, says the Lord. And they will break through the battlefronts of hell as I lead them and as I multiply my signs and my wonders among them. Miraculous power is now going to synergize and multiply and reinforce you, says the Lord. Angel armies will now reinforce you, says the Lord. I have determined to present myself a glorious church, not a dominated church. My champions will now move, and they will move in my power. They will move in my authority. They will move in my strategies. They will move in my wisdom. My church will move as Israel moved under my cloud and under my fire. They will move in the power of my spirit. They will move as a ruling, reigning body upon the earth. And they will become the salt and the light in this region that I have intended them to be. They will move as my Congress, my Parliament, my spiritual Congress in the region that begins to infect and influence the governing systems of the region. For the spring season of supernatural breakthroughs has now begun, says the Lord. I will burden hell's kingdom by multiplying my signs, my wonders, and my miracles. There will be an increasing rise in the healing of paralysis. This will be a sign that the paralysis in my body on earth is being healed. For I am not coming for a paralyzed bride. No, she will be free. 
She will not be crippled. Her muscles will now flex and move with rhythmic power. Her limbs will now reach. Her stride will be great. She will run. She will rejoice. And she will reclaim her rightful position of inheritance. So the Lord says, Ecclesia, arise, swing the sword of the Spirit, swing the sword of the Word of God, and swing this city back in line with my purpose. Hallelujah. One of the things that we are going to see accelerate in Anchorage and in this entire region, all of Alaska, one of the things that that the Lord is now accelerating his healings and miracles. There's going to be a dramatic increase of healings and miracles among you. Angels, of course, are assisting in that healing and miracle ministry of Holy Spirit. One of the companies of angels that I've seen, been able to do, uh, identify, there are six companies of angels, and I talked about that at the conference. Don't have time to talk about them. Uh, all today, but one of the companies of angels that is assisting Holy Spirit right now is angels are angels of healing. Um, in 2013, I started the year having a reoccurring vision, and the vision was: you've you've all probably seen the oil wells, the the oil rigs, and the big bar that comes down and up pumping the oil. Well, I saw a vision several times, but it wasn't a bar that was coming down and up. It was an angel. And the angels were, were doing this motion. And this happened several times over three or four days. I kept seeing this vision. And I said, Holy Spirit, what am I seeing? And he said, the angels are pumping the old healing wells. And they are pumping new wells as, as well. So I have about 50 intercessors, personal intercessors. They're praying for me right now. But they, they, that's what they do. They, they pray for me. So I put them all on three different vans, and we went all around the region where there were old healing meetings. And we get out of those vans, and we walk. And we say, this well is open, spring up, oh well. This old healing well is being reactivated. We went everywhere just reactivating. I even got to go where Catherine Kuhlman was. She did her Sunday afternoon meetings. They actually asked me to preach there. I didn't even care if I preached at the conference. I just wanted to stand there. I'll stand here. I'm going to preach a long time right here. Yeah. The old healing wells are being activated. Now, this, this really spoke to me because of my heritage. Because my dad was a healing evangelist. Yes, he pastored small little Pentecostal churches, 50, 70, 100 people, you know. But he was also a healing evangelist. We had a tent, and he would put it up and announce miracle services and everything. My brother Dutch and I, our job was to sleep in the tent during the summer and make sure somebody didn't knock it down. And also on Wednesday nights, it was always healing and miracles nights. And, and uh, my, again, my brother Dutch and I, when we were probably from 10 till 14 years of age, our job was to work the healing meetings. 
and uh, we would have to get there early uh, to unlock the doors and help the ambulances get lined up and help the people come in from the ambulance to be prayed for. I mean, we helped I don't know how many. Also, we worked the altars, and we would clean up the messes that happened when people were delivered. Yes, I have cleaned up growths, cancerous growths from the floor. I've done it. I've seen it happen. We used to carry trash cans around. People don't understand how bold these old evangelists, healing evangelists were. And it was not unusual for them to be at our house. I mean, I'm a kid. Didn't mean anything to me, but Oral Roberts is sitting in our kitchen going to preach tonight. And he's little, this is before there was ever the Bible schools. R.W. Shambach, David Nunn, these guys, Gordon Lindsay, they're sitting in our kitchen. I don't know who they are. There's some guy that preaches and prays for the sick. Yeah, that was my heritage. And I saw things that just blow your mind. I remember my dad, uh, he, they, they used to do little small revival meetings for each other, these little Pentecostal churches would. And my dad was doing one for a, a guy about halfway or half hour away. And I'll never forget this as long as I live because, uh, again, me and Dutch, we always had to sit on the front row like here because we weren't trusted to be any other place. Dad had us right here, and it was always Dutch's fault, but we were right there. So I'm right here, and it just reminds me of it. It was just a small altar. And so Dad's preaching, and there was uh, the, the pastor that was there and then another little Pentecostal church pastor, three of them. And uh, this guy came. They push him up in a wheelchair right here, and he's all twisted up in the wheelchair like a pretzel. He's just like this so I'm right here and he's right here and those those ministers my dad and two others they laid hands on him and commanded him to be healed and so help me bones started to pop like a chiropractor he I mean dozens of just pops and this guy unwound in that wheelchair jumped and ran it could not have been it could not have been faked I saw it with my own eyes and I was close enough to hear the bones pop I'm going to open those old healing wells the Lord says years ago Benny Hinn who he used to come to our church we have a fairly large church, seats about 4,000 people. And his daddy-in-law, uh, Dr. Roy Harthorn, he used to come He used to come two days a week. He did that for almost six months and stay with me in my house. He was mentoring me to how to do some things. And he had the largest church uh, for years in the United States. Anyway, he kept saying, you need to have my son-in-law, Benny. Well, I never heard of Benny Hinn. No, I mean, and, who, you know, that's pretty, pastors are told that all the time. You need to have them. You need to have him. Okay, okay. Finally, I said, okay. So Benny comes, and we didn't even fill the place up halfway. And he did his healing meetings. The next year, he came, and we were completely full. And then the third year, 
we turned 8,000 people away. They backed up clear down the interstate. And he sat in my office and he said, I'm going to have to start going to the Coliseums. I've not wanted to, but I'm going to have to. And I said, yeah, you can't get in. But I was sitting on the platform in our church at the Benny Hinn meeting. Benny is here. I'm here. And this little blonde-haired girl, maybe 11, 12 years old, she comes up. She's just gorgeous. She has a beautiful, perfect blue eye. But this eye was totally white. No pupil, no blue. She comes up and stands right here. Benny's here, and I'm right here. And he raises his hands and said, everybody pray. And I watched. I was close enough to see. I mean, I'm looking right at it. And I saw a black dot form in that white eye. And then a beautiful blue come around it. And that little girl said, I can see. And she wasn't faking it either. There was no fake to that. She was healed. I saw it. The old healing wells are opening. The angel of the Lord that's assigned to my life, he's here today. But I was in my office and I was getting ready for Sunday's service. It was Saturday afternoon. I'm studying. And the angel of the Lord came into the office. I didn't know quite what it was. I just knew the atmosphere had shifted. And I said, Lord, what is it? And I, I finally, I just got up and walked out of my office, which is behind the balcony at the church. So I just walked out on the balcony and looked down in the sanctuary. Nobody there. And I was just praying. And the angel of the Lord said to me, came to me, and as I sat there and said, tomorrow morning you are to declare that God's healing power will fall like rain on the congregation. So the next morning I said yesterday right up there, the angel of the Lord said, God's healing power is going to fall like rain on the congregation. When I said that, hundreds of people fell, just fell out in the spirit. I didn't wave like Benny. I didn't throw my coat at him. I asked Benny, why do you throw your coat? He said, they like it. I said, okay. Okay. I'm, that's the truth. It's what he said. It's what he said. <laughs> but but they, 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 they fell, and I, I looked off to my left, and then at that aisle, there was a young man, 18 years old, in a wheelchair. This young man was... He was a part of our church softball team and basketball team, and he was very athletic, and he had gone in for uh, minor surgery on his back, and the surgeon had made a, some kind of mistake and nicked his spine, and now he was paralyzed from his waist down. My, back then, I played on the teams with him. Now he's in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the waist down, and I mean, we poured oil, we prayed, we fasted, we tried everything, get him going, and he's just sitting there. And every week, his parents pushed him right to the front row right there. This day, I said, the angel of the Lord said, God's healing power will fall like rain. Hundreds of people fell, and I looked, and the gift of faith just activated. And back then, we had the number one uh, television program for a local church in America, 
uh, on it was an hour show. So all three cameras caught this. I said, today, John, get up, be healed. And he started to shake in that wheelchair like someone with palsy. I mean, violently shake, just, just shake. And, and, and finally, he started to get up, and he stood up still shaking violently. But he was up, and I went crazy. I mean, I jumped, I spun, I, I mean, I, 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 I could have made the Olympics. I was good, man. I was going crazy because, I mean, I knew. And he, he started to try to walk like this, and after about three steps, he was loose, and he sprinted across the front, and he jumped into the arms of, of our assistant pastor, totally healed. I have pictures of him holding the wheelchair over his head, and I have a letter from his surgeon. It was an Indian, uh, from India, a surgeon. And he did not say this, that God did it. He just said medically, I have the letter, medically, this is impossible. God does the impossible. And he says, I am going to open the old healing wells. Miracles are coming into your midst. Miracles are going to be loosed all over, all over Canada. Or, I mean, Alaska. I've been in Canada for I just finished four conferences in Canada. But Canada too. All right. Now, not all healing's physical, is it? Some healing has to be emotional. Some some healing has to be of the heart, of the mind. But we have a covenant that it's spirit, it's soul, and it's body. That's the covenant we have. A few weeks ago, Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said this. I'm going to soak my people in hope, baptize them in peace, and end a demoralized season for them. I will send a wind of hope. I am anointing my people with hope and transcending peace so their dreams and visions and, and purpose can go to ordained levels. Purpose. Their purpose can go to ordained levels. Purpose is a great word. We know that everyone that's ever born, everybody here today, you have purpose. You have a destiny that before you were ever born, God planned for you. He, he planned your times. The word purpose is the Greek word prothesis. Uh, pro means before. Thesis, of course, is a written report. Maybe you in high school or college, you had to write a thesis. It's an amazing word because before you were born, God wrote your thesis. There was a time. In the eternity past, when the Godhead sat down and thought about why you would be, why will we make Josh? Why will we make this one? And then he wrote down. He wrote down why you would be. He wrote down your purpose. He wrote down intentions he had from you, for you. He, he wrote down potential he has for you. He wrote it down. It's in his book. And the day you're born, by the way, 
two angels are assigned to draw that potential out, and they don't quit till you die. That's in the book. It's a whole chapter on destiny and purpose. It's one of my favorite things to teach. But you have purpose. It means this. Bef <laughs> your destiny, your purpose, your thesis spent time in God's mind. He thought about it. He thought about it. And now he's saying, I, I want to heal my people so that their purpose can be unlocked at ordained levels. It's not just physical healing. Yes, it's got to happen, but also in the areas of emotion because I want their dreams. I want their vision. I want their destiny to go to, to ordained levels. A great miracle today would be if a blind eye opened. But an equally great miracle today would be if some of your emotions were finally freed. My daughter, who we do have about five of her CDs left. She leads our praise and worship. She wrote every song back there, and they're all very good. She had a she had a, a daughter, our, my granddaughter, Madeline. And then she started to feel like the Lord wanted her to adopt a child from China. And not just a, a child from China, but a special needs child from China. And she started to, her, her and her husband, Mark, they started looking into it. And they found a way to do that. And so I remember the day she came and she said, you know, we, we feel like we're to adopt a special needs child from China. And she showed me a picture of now my granddaughter, Lily. Lily had a, a big cleft palate, a lot of damage here and some internal things. And, they, and she said, you know, they, they don't raise children with cleft palates in China because they consider it to be a curse. And so they just leave them at a bus stop. And Lily was left at a bus stop with just a piece of paper that had her name, Lily Maymay, and her date of birth. They took her to a state-run nursery, and her bed for the first year of her life was a piece of plywood, no mattress, no pillow, just a piece of plywood and a blanket. That was her existence. So when she was one years old is when my daughter Rachel and Mark, they're deciding to do this, and they go to China, and they, they find Lily, and they decide they're going to do it, and they do all the paperwork. They go to the orphanage. They've got pictures of this little crib. It's just bars and a piece of plywood. This little girl spent one year there. And they picked her up, and they brought her home. And uh, our decision was, when she showed me the picture and said it was considered a curse, my first words were, let's reverse the curse. And we, we did that almost immediately. She's beautiful. She's the curse is reverse, but they brought her right before Christmas. Now, my job as a 
grandfather is, whatever my grandkids ask for, they receive. Kids can teach them what they, all this other stuff, but they ask Papa, they're getting it. <laughs> and at Christmas, we go crazy over the grandkids. So it's, we got Lily before Christmas with Maddie. She's six or seven at this point. We got a stack of presents here for Maddie. And then there's same amount for Lily. And it's time to open presents. And Maddie, she's a pro. She goes through the whole thing. She's got them all opened. And then she goes into the, our house and picks out presents for us. Gets things in the house, wraps them up, brings them to us so we can open them. And she's using gobs and gobs of tape. I mean, she taped them up. So Lily's sitting there, and we open them, you know. She sees all this tape, and she starts playing with the tape. And there's like, it, 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 and, and I, it suddenly struck me. She's never opened a gift. She's never, she's never had a gift. She's never opened a gift in her life. She's playing with tape. And, and she, she then tried to put the tape down. And, of course, when she set it down, when she brought her hand back, she came back with her, you know. It was taped to her. So she put it over here, and she set it down, and the tape came back, and then she's starting to do this. I'm sitting there, and she's, she started to get kind of panicked, like, you know. And I, then I reached down, and I took the tape away. And then we taught her how to open presents. She's a pro now, I'm telling you. She is good. That night, Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night with that picture. And he said this, I want to remove accumulated grief from my people. I had never thought of grief accumulating in my life until that point. But the older I get, the more I know that it's true. Grief accumulates. This happens and it sticks. It sticks in our soul. We're good at covering it. We just go on. We just kind of lay it down, but it's stuck. The broken relationship happened, and the grief is there when it's accumulating, and it's got, it's taping up our soul. It's taping up our emotions. The death, it happened. The death of a loved one, and it's just got us all taped up. And we're going on, but inside our hearts got tape around it. Our emotions are taped. Or the divorce took place. And it just, it was grief. And it's accumulated inside. And yeah, it looks like we're going on. But we're taped up inside. And it, it's accumulated. The bankruptcy happened. The, whatever it is, it took place. And it happened. And before you know it, we are born again Christians loving God. And our soul is all taped up. We've got accumulated grief. And Holy Spirit is saying, I want to untape. I want to remove accumulated grief from my people. I don't want to just heal physically. I want to heal the emotions. I want to heal your heart. I want to heal your soul. I want to heal you of that grief so that your purpose 
can go to a different level so that life can be good. And so today, we're going to pray that prayer, and we're going to unlock unlock souls today. We're going to just allow Holy Ghost to begin to pull the tape off. But before we do, it's important to know that what puts you in a position of covenant to be healed, either of the soul or in physical, you got to be born again. That's the covenant. You got to be born again. When I was four or five years old, something like that, I learned what Billy Graham says is the greatest verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The word perish it is the Greek word apolueo, apolueo. And what it means is, it means to lose. See, without Jesus, you lose. God don't want you to lose. He sent his son that you would not lose. Lose what? Lose your purpose. Lose your destiny. Lose life that's abundant. Lose a future filled with hope. Lose your identity. Lose your soul forever. God says, I don't want them to lose. I want them to win. I'd like for you to stand all over the room, please. I'd like for you to bow your heads just to reverence this time for a moment. Perhaps you're here. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Or perhaps you're here. And you said, I've confessed him as my Savior, but I've drifted away. I'm a prodigal. I'm backslidden. And I need to make some things right with God today. While heads are bowed, would you just... Just raise your hands. We'll be respectful and say, that's me. Okay, over here, anybody. Raise your hands. I need to receive Christ. I need to be get things in order. Just keep your hands up a moment. All right. I'd like for you to repeat this prayer after me. In fact, would everybody repeat this prayer? And let's get in right alignment. If you confess him as your Lord, you can be born again and Old things pass away. Everything becomes new. You can be healed. Would everyone just repeat this prayer after me? Father God, Father God, I come to you today. I come to you today, and I ask, and I ask that you would forgive my sins. You would forgive my sins. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins. Jesus died for my sins. And I confess with my mouth. His lordship in my life. His lordship in my life. I invite you today. I invite you today to change my life. Change my life any way you want to. And use my life any way you want to. From this day forward, I will boldly say, I am a Christian. I serve Jesus Christ. 
I am born again. I'm God's child. If you prayed that prayer, things will start to transform inside of you. Get involved. Get involved with the church. Get involved in the life groups talked about. Now, also while heads are bowed, how many of you would say, I need a healing. I, I have a sickness or a disease. I'm in pain. Would you raise your hands? All right, many people need healing. Now, how many of you say, while you were talking, I must admit, I've got some tape around my heart. I got some accumulated grief. Raise your hands, please. I need to. I need my soul healed. I, I need my soul healed. All right. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you, just give it to the Lord and say, Lord, untape me, set me free, heal me emotionally, and I'll begin to pray now. But you call out to Him in your way, Father. Today, around this room, there are people. They're suffering from a sickness or a disease, pain. We believe the covenant that you made. Lord, it was for their healing. And I pray, Lord, that today miracles and healings would happen all over this room today. That you would set them free, heal the pain, remove the cancer, heal the arthritis, heal the lung disease. Whatever it is, Lord, release your healing power in this room. Let miracles happen all over this place in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that the covenant extends to the soul. It is spirit, soul, and body. Those that have accumulated grief over time because of real things that happened they could do nothing about. And even if they could have done something and just didn't, your grace is there. I ask you today, Lord, that you begin to peel the tape from hearts. That you begin to set captives free in their soul. Would you miraculously, by your power, begin to heal souls? David says you restore our soul. Heal them, Lord. Remove all accumulated grief and let the wind of hope let the wind of new purpose begin to blow in their lives. Resurrect it. I pray, God, that there come a liberty deep inside of them, a freedom deep inside of them to begin to pursue a future that is, that is not taped up, that, that's freed by the power of God. Set them free. Set them free. All accumulated grief. So we declare healing in this room, spirit, soul, and body in the name of our King Jesus. Then we declare the activation of healings and miracles at all new levels in Anchorage, Alaska, and this region. And we will declare it in Jesus' name. Amen.